0: Welcome to the VBPH Sermon Podcast. All this week, we'll be featuring sermons from the recent 2023 Bible Conference in Tempe, Arizona, pastored by Mark Olson. We hope these are a blessing to you, and we're sure they will be. Thanks for listening and supporting World Evangelism, and enjoy today's sermon. God. What an awesome privilege to preach the gospel and uh, to preach tonight. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Numbers 27. Numbers 27 in the Word of God. I'm excited what God is going to speak to our hearts tonight. I went from Saturday with a pit in my stomach to fire in my bones this afternoon. And so, uh, glory to God. It's been reported from history. Many of you have heard this story, but it serves the sermon of Napoleon and his soldiers that conquered an island in the Mediterranean Sea. And during the course of that uh, battle, the capture of the island took longer than anticipated. It came at the price of many lives. And so finally, when the victory was secured... Napoleon, his generals are gathered for a celebration. And as they're sitting around the great table talking about their conquest, uh, uh, retelling the tales of war and so forth. And young officer uh, to their mind rudely breaks in. Napoleon looks at the young man and he inquires, what do you want? And the young man looks at Napoleon and said, give me this island. The generals that are gathered began to laugh. In fact, they couldn't believe that this man was audacious enough to ask Napoleon for the island that they had just fought for and conquered at the cost of lives. And uh, they began to think among themselves, uh, who does this man think he is? Others thought, you know what, anyone with the audacity to make such a request to Napoleon is putting their own life at risk But then to their surprise, Napoleon turned, uh, summoned an aide, asked for a pen and paper, then wrote out a deed to the island, signed it, gave it to the young man, leaving his generals uh, stunned and amazed. How could you do this? One of the generals asked Napoleon. What made this man worthy of receiving this great island? Listen to Napoleon's response. He said, I gave him this island because he honored me by the magnitude of his request. Using that to launch in this sermon tonight is in an even more powerful way. God delights when his people will be audacious in coming before his throne with high magnitude requests. That God is honored and yes, God will move uh, for the man or woman who will ask, not just for a single island, uh, but for the nations. Our conference theme, Psalm 2 uh, and verse 8 said, ask of me and I will give you uh, the nations for your inheritance uh, and the ends of the earth for your possessions. As we look at our text in Numbers 27, we see some women that dared to ask uh, for their possession and instead of being rebuked, uh, uh, they were rewarded accordingly. And so the thought that I want to drive home tonight uh, in this first night is that God is honored, uh, not put off, but honored uh, when we ask him for an enlargement uh, of our inheritance uh, that he delights uh, to reward us uh, with the ends of the earth and the nations and peoples for our possession and the question is this tonight are you asking or how are you asking i want to preach on inheritance request out of numbers 27 you can follow along with me it said then came the daughters of Zelophehad. and that's a mouthful so it's zelo from here on out <laughs> Then came the daughters of Zelo, the son of Hepher, the son of Gilead, the son of Maker, the son of Manasseh, from the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these were the names of his daughters Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Terza. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, before the leaders of all and all the congregation by the doorway of the tabernacle of meetings, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord. In the company with Korah. In other words, he wasn't a rebel. He died in his own sin and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "The daughters of Zelo speak what is right. you shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their fathers' brothers and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. Jump down to verse 11. The end and it shall be to the children of Israel, a statute of judgment just as the Lord commanded Moses. Inheritance request. So let's start with uh, a designated inheritance set. Let's lay a foundation. I want to think with you for a moment about borders uh, and boundaries because one of the uh, the critical ingredients in God's working with man is that God is a God of borders uh, and boundaries uh, from creation onward, whether it's uh, day separated from night, land and sea, animal and human, uh, setting a boundary between uh, men and women, which our generation has uh, lost track of, uh, that God is a God of borders Orders, uh, and boundaries our conference theme uh, uh, references this Psalm 166 in the NIV the boundary lines have fallen for me in a pleasant place surely I have a, a delightful inheritance and so boundary lines uh, mark out land and possession uh, they they bring a delineation uh, they're a dividing line uh, they move things from being vague uh, and approximate uh, to a boundary makes something clear and specific. As you uh, uh, study this out, this plays out on several levels. Uh, on a national level, Deuteronomy 32 and 8, uh, when the Most High divided their inheritance to the nation, when He separated the sons of Adam, He set the boundaries of the peoples uh, according uh, to the number of the children uh, of Israel. We understand that Abraham, the father of the faith, uh, that God... Uh, spoke to him on the covenantal level. Genesis 12, uh, 1 and 7, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to the land that I will show you. Then verse seven, it says, the Lord appeared to Abraham or Abram at that point and said to your descendants, uh, I will give you this land, this land, uh, very specific uh, within the boundaries. Uh, Genesis 13, 15, he read. visits uh, for all the land which you see I give to you uh, and your descendants uh, forever. So this is uh, now on the basis of covenant. This is very powerful, uh, but this even has uh, a personal level and a personal application. Uh, We know this, the uh, verse of God's calling with Jeremiah and God lets him know that you know what, even from your mother's womb, Jeremiah 1 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. You, I ordained you a prophet to the nations, and so uh, uh, we can bring this into our lives, uh, whatever uh, uh, the circumstances of your birth. Uh, Jeremiah is not unique. God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of you. There is a destiny that God has, uh, and in the church of Jesus Christ, uh, what an awesome uh, possibility, uh, and it tells us in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but now God has set the members, uh, each one of them in the body just as he pleased. That's not accidental. Uh, That's very specific. There's borders. There's boundaries. Thank God for every other church that's doing something for Jesus Christ. Uh, But what I know uh, is I was birthed uh, in the Potter's House Fellowship, the door. uh, And you know what? That's the boundaries and the borders that God has put around my life. Uh, God bless every other uh, movement. uh, But these are the borders and the boundaries uh, that my calling and purpose and your calling and purpose uh, is meant to To be a springboard from. And so these boundaries mark out the lines of our inheritance. The reason that we have the inheritance that we have is we're functioning within the boundaries that God has birthed us in. Inheritance talks about money, talks about property, a title that is typically received from a previous holder. This deals with possession. This deals with legacy. This deals with heritage and birthright. Uh, when we're talking about an inheritance, uh, we're talking about a position, or at least it's intended to be, uh, of dominion, of blessing, uh, and of rulership. And so with this reality established, we come to the background of our text. Remember, the Old Testament is a physical picture of spiritual truth. And so here are the children of Israel... They're on the brink of entering into the promised land. They've been delivered from Egypt, picture of salvation, but now God is wanting to bring them into the place of inheritance to eject the giants uh, out of Canaan, uh, to experience a whole new chapter of God's uh, power and provision because the previous generation uh, had uh, uh, stumbled in unbelief and wandered in the desert for 40 years. Uh, There's a new generation. So the chapters before, there's a census uh, that is updated, taken of all the males over 20, this census is going to determine who is going to receive land and inheritance. And so what a promise that lays before the people of God. But how many of you know a promise and potential is not the same as possession? And unfortunately for the family of this man, Zeló, he had no sons, only daughters. And the way the law stood, Their family would lose their inheritance, dominion, power, rulership to others. But Zelo's girls had some fire in their belly. And instead of sitting back and saying, I guess this is just the way it is. I guess this is just the hand that we've been dealt. What can you do? We know the law and this is the way the law is. And man, dad had no boys. And so it's just us girls. Uh, No, no, no. These girls rose up and pressed in. Uh, They're saying, wait a second. Uh, We know the possibility that is before us. But wait a second. Uh, There's a hindrance to receiving that promise. Oh, no. This, This isn't good. So... Let's go before Moses, let's go before the leaders and ask that they would remove the hindrance and let us have what's ours even if it doesn't look like it's ours uh, at the moment. Uh, One of Pastor Mitchell's favorite verses that you heard uh, time and time again is the kingdom suffers violence uh, and the violent take it by force. Uh, And that was these girls. uh, And these girls represent a common reality that many of us deal with. Uh, For Zelo's girls, it's the fact that they're just that. Girls, in case you missed it, the census dealt with males. There's a barrier to the blessing, but listen. The circumstances may be different, uh, but every one of us there is baggage and barriers uh, many times uh, for us uh, achieving all that God has. Uh, whether it's the early days uh, of uh, salvation, whether we even heard tonight difficulties with buildings, uh, so on, so forth. Uh, listen, every one of us. There's not one. Per- yeah, it's not like they're the couple. And it's just this one, no, every one of us, there's barriers, there's insecurities, there's shortcomings, there's things that we deal with. Uh, and so perhaps the deck is stacked against you. Join the club. Perhaps uh, you didn't have the opportunities uh, that others have had. Uh, there may be out and out hindrances uh, that work against us, uh, but thank God, uh, through Jesus Christ, uh, uh, amen, uh, his uh, testimony uh, uh, of his ministry is Matthew eleven five the blind see, the lame walk, uh, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Listen, that's all of us, uh, right? Uh, we don't see things right. We haven't walked the right way. Uh, we're unclean and contagious. Uh, and for so long, uh, we're uh, closed off to hearing truth, uh, dead in our trespasses, spiritually bankrupt. And yet, the gospel the good news. Uh, and part of that good news is no matter uh, what the barrier uh, uh, is, the baggage is that through Jesus Christ, now we are positioned to receive a promise. Uh, Galatians three twenty there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. Uh, there is neither male nor female uh, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, uh, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs. Uh, there's that word Heirs according to the promise. An heir is one who's acquired or obtained the portion allotted to him or her. Titus 3, 7, having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Listen, that is not just for the hereafter in heaven. That is for the here and now on earth until we get to heaven. And so listen, this means that we are brought to to a place of decision. This is an issue of will for us tonight uh, in considering the blessing of God, in considering uh, the uh, inheritance, uh, in considering perhaps where we are in relation to fully entering into that inheritance, that we determine several things. Number one, what is God's will in the matter? Not how hard our city is. Not the past six months, how difficult they've been. uh, Not what we've been told or what we've told ourselves. uh, What is God's will in the matter? Number two, uh, will we exercise our will to press in for the promise? Uh, And may I remind you, know this, uh, others will be impacted uh, by our decisions. I wonder how many other Israelites uh, that could have been excluded uh, uh, from uh, an inheritance, uh, from a heritage, uh, could have received a blessing, pressed past uh, the hindrances uh, and yet missed out because they didn't speak up uh, and press in, and yet these ladies did. Uh, They didn't allow all the reasons why they shouldn't uh, have a heritage. They said, you know what? We are gonna speak up, and we're gonna keep up uh, until we uh, are able uh, to uh, get uh, uh, the the heritage that God has for His people. And think about it. I didn't read all the verses. Future generations uh, are going to receive a blessing because they of what these ladies did, listen, they literally changed legislation by their audacity. In other words, it's not like God says, who do these girls think they are? Uh, You know what? Strike them dead or strike them with leprosy. God actually says they have a legitimate point. You almost feel like God is like, uh, Where are the others? Uh, these girls spoke, I'm gonna bless uh, them. And so, listen the blessings of God uh, that are pressed in for it's not just you that's affected, it's not just the present that's affected, uh, it's others that follow after uh, and future generations, uh, your children, both physical uh, and spiritual. So, let's think then uh, about daring to ask for more. We've established uh, that there's a designation. And it's a good designation, uh, by the way. Uh, But let's think about daring to ask for more. Two things in claiming uh, our inheritance. Number one, they were correctly positioned. Uh, Listen, in the uh, court system, to bring a a suit, if you're going to sue somebody, uh, the judges uh, or the justices, uh, as the case may be, will first of all say, Do you have standing? In other words, we don't care what your opinion is. We don't care if you're just a uh, sue happy. Do you have legal standing? We have standing, Amen. and so did Zelo's girls. The New Living Translation, verses two and three: These women stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the tribal leaders, and the entire community at the entrance of the tabernacle. Our father died in the wilderness they said he was not among Korah's followers who rebelled against the Lord. He died because of his own sin, but he had no sons. So think about it. They're correctly positioned. Number one, they're connected to the work of God and the people of God. They knew where the church was. They didn't have to use Google Maps to find the tabernacle. They were well acquainted. Right? Right? These verses mention leadership. Moses and Eleazar. it mentions a community and it implies relationship that in other words, these aren't just these rogue women on their own agenda is they are connected to the work of God and the people of God. Listen, God's blessing, we're talking about inheritance and the favor of God, the blessing of God, but that comes within Uh, The church body, can you say amen? The blessing of God doesn't uh, uh, work independently of the church. God blesses his people through the church. You have to wonder how many people, believers rather, have lost their inheritance because they haven't connected themselves to the body. Or they haven't continued... uh, to stay connected to the body. They've got a new this, a new that. Again, Pastor Mitchell, his quotes live on. If you want to make it real, make it local. Because there's something very practical and real about being a, in relationship in the church. These women were correctly positioned. I'm talking about gaining an inheritance. It's not, well, I'm just going to do my own thing and I just want the blessing of God, but I, 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 I could care less about the church. Then kiss the inheritance goodbye. They recognized and called out rebellion, Korah's mentioned. And the implication is that they don't approve of his actions Or associate with that spirit. Seems to me like unlike Kor, they're under authority. They're operating and functioning under the leadership that God has provided over them. They bring this to Moses. They bring this issue and concern to Eleazar. These are sisters in spirit with the centurion of Matthew 8 who understood that power and authority have a structure. And there's a framework uh, that when it's properly recognized and respected can trigger miracle power on behalf of those uh, who recognize it. Being correctly positioned is critical. In October 2005, a man by the name of Moses uh, Bittock uh, celebrated an experience he had waited a lifetime to achieve. He became a U.S. citizen at a federal building in Des Moines, Iowa. That alone would have been enough to give the native Kenyan the happiest day of his life, but it was just a prelude. On the way home from his swearing in, Moses stopped at a gas station to see what the winning numbers in the Iowa State hot lotto game happened to be. You know where this is going. <laughs> to his astonishment, when he read the winning numbers that were posted, It matched a ticket he had bought earlier. He had just won $1.9 million. He said, for me, it's almost like you adopted a new country and they gave you $1.9 million. It doesn't happen anywhere. I guess it's only America. See, the point is being a resident in a new country positioned him for the possibility of citizenship and the possibility of a reward, I'm not advocating you play the lottery, <laughs> but if he hadn't cashed in his ticket, all the possibilities would have come to nothing. Listen, we are citizens of heaven. Come on. Far greater than a lottery ticket, man. We have the word of God, the promises of God that are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. You don't gotta go to a gas station to to match up the numbers. Not only were they correctly positioned, but they confidently petitioned. Verse one and verse four, again, the New Living Translation, one day a petition was presented by the daughters. Why should the name of our father disappear from his clan just because he has no sons give us property along with the rest of our relatives so several things that we can pull from this number 1 is it begins with a prayer life a petition this is something that you bring to god you're urging god you're even pressing god there's a legal request god i need you to move here James 4 and 2 uh, says, you do not have because you do not ask. And again, ministered a little bit uh, on this on Wednesday night, but it's not that they're not acknowledging their present circumstances. But what they're doing is very powerful. They're recognizing, listen, uh, our current circumstances don't line up with the possibility of an inheritance, and we're not all right with that so we acknowledge the the present we're not we're not denying that we're not just pretending it's not there but we are looking forward to the future based on god's promises. And so for us, uh, Psalms 2, 8, again, ask of me and I will give you the nations uh, for your inheritance, the ends of the earth uh, for your possession. Isaiah 54, 3, I couldn't help but thinking about this. When Joel uh, was giving his report, uh, you shall expand to the right and to the left. Your descendants uh, not only will inherit the nations, uh, but make the desolate cities uh, inhabited. Uh, and so, uh, Uh, getting daring to ask it starts with a prayer life Uh, secondly uh, it must be presented in faith Uh, they're saying why should our inheritance die out just because our father has no sons We're not going to allow the obstacles to stand in our way. Uh, A prayer of faith sees beyond uh, the problem. It it looks at God. Uh, Amen. To quote Pastor Greg, uh, we look at the circumstance and then match it to God's word. Uh, And if our circumstance don't match up to God's word, we say that is unacceptable. Why should we be without it? But God, God can move. Uh, We're going to bring this before our leaders. Uh, We're going to bring this before God and an impossible situation is made possible by God. Jesus, uh, in Matthew 19, 26, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are impossible. Mark's version says uh, and adds to him who believes, uh, and it's through prayer uh, that we personalize God's promises. Uh, we know what you can do, God. That's the theory. That's what could happen, uh, but we want to experience what you will do uh, for us. We want, in large God shows. listen to me right here. God shows uh, his pleasure when our prayers uh, match his priorities. Uh, again, uh, when God uh, sees someone ask him uh, something that lines up with his heart cry, he actually is very much attracted to that. Uh, tell Solomon, ask me uh, what you want. And Solomon asked for wisdom, not all the other stuff. And God says, because you asked a good thing, I'll give you the bonus package. Matthew 6:33 uh, is seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and what God will add all these other things uh, unto you. And so how much more when we ask for the very thing that is dearest uh, nearest and dearest to God's heart souls God we want enlargement. Not just for the sake of enlargement, but for the people that are going to be touched. Uh, The lives. Uh, God, enlarge our hearts. Uh, God, enlarge our ministry, our fruitfulness, our financial stewardship, uh, our local and our global reach. Well-known passage in 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. But Jabez called on the name of the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Uh, And so God said, no. No, it says God granted him what he requested. So here it is, daring to ask, uh, a man born in pain, a man who the deck is stacked uh, against him, uh, and and just like Zelo's girls, uh, he doesn't say, well, I guess that's just the way it is. Uh, Even my mom doesn't want me. That's bad. But he says, God, I don't want to cause pain. Bless me. This is not fake humility. Oh, I don't want the blessing of God. Come on now. No, he says, bless me that I may not cause pain in other words, I want your benefits, Lord, but I want them not just to spend on me. I want to be a blessing. I've spent enough of my life uh, causing pain. I want to be a blessing to others. Enlarge my territories. Every one of us could give examples, uh, not the highlights, but the lowlights uh, when things didn't go and we tried this and it didn't work. And, uh, and I get it. I've got mine to add. But regardless of past experience, failure, defeat, pain, offense, we can; those things can limit us. They can begin to restrict and constrict us. But God, I'm appealing to you. Enlarge me beyond my abilities. Enlarge me beyond my past. Enlarge me beyond my upbringing. Enlarge me beyond my prejudice. Enlarge me beyond the restrictions at work in my life. Grant me, God, the nation as an inheritance uh, grant me the broken people of our generation God uh, God I don't even know how to reach them but God enlarge me uh, that I couldn't reach them yeah. that your hand would be with me Lord I need you that you would keep me from evil God even in enlargement promotion and blessing help me to stay right so I don't blow it up Just a bonus, there was a continued protection and preservation that we don't have time for. Numbers 36, don't marry into another tribe, or that part of the inheritance will be taken away. But that's just a bonus track. So let's look then, last of all, (laughs) at a delightful reward. Because here's the thing, there's times, there's rough times and tough times as we serve God. I get that, but you know what? We get to be a part of the greatest thing in all the world. And God smiles on uh, the work uh, of uh, reaching the world for the gospel. Someone asked me, does the church have a mission statement? I'm like, hey, it's the same as it's always been. We are uh, soul winning, discipleship, church planning, and world evangelism. That's our mission statement. May it always be our missions. But God delights in that. Uh, In this text. Verse 7, the claim of the daughters uh, of Zelo is legitimate. God says this is a legitimate desire to want an inheritance. This is a legitimate desire to function in authority, to function in power, to have possession, uh, to be the head and not the tail. Uh, Hebrews 11 6 hadn't been written yet, uh, but Zelo's girls definitely tapped into the spirit of it. Uh, we know uh, without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes comes to God, must believe that He is, uh, that's the general, and that He is a rewarder, uh, that's the specific of those who diligently seek Him. Listen, I don't have the answers uh, for everything. There are many things I do not know and cannot explain, uh, but one thing I do know, God is a good God. Uh, we sing that song tonight, uh, the goodness of God, and there is a reward uh, for those who believe Him, uh, and it's interwoven to who He is, uh, it's his very nature. God is not a harsh God. Uh, he is not a stern taskmaster in the work uh, and the war that we're called to. Uh, his reward is to his people, uh, and it's a good one. Again, our verse uh, Psalm 16, 6, the NIV, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Uh, surely I have a delightful inheritance. Man, I could Feel that uh, with uh, brother uh, Justin as he's down there in Brazil, yes, away from home, yes, away from the, the the things that you know him and his family know. But you know what? The joy of man—we're shifting into a new man. There's these couples that the Marines have left, and I can't wait to launch them out. Uh, amen. It's a delightful thing—the greatest adventure in the in the in the in all the world. is not just doing the will of God, uh, but being unabashedly uh, just going uh, where it doesn't even make sense to go. Ephesians 1, 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Are you catching his words? Delightful, pleasant, riches, glory, hope, these are good words. This is the way God rolls. A delightful reward. I was thinking four of the most glorious years of our family were in Eden Park. Yes, that's a lump in my throat, not just allergies. And, uh, I, you know, I remember, you know, going over there not knowing what was going to happen. I'm the kid that when we were in the Philippines... It was like, God, I'll do anything in the world, even be a missionary. And that was said as a derogatory thing. Like, I can't think of a worse thing in the world. But God, so God has a sense of humor, I guess. But getting there, and we entered into the labors of Robert and Jackie Polacco and Jeff and Maureen Day. And I'm telling you, man, it was just like... A turbo ride for four years. It just—it's a colored township. So in South Africa, most of you have known, but just for those that don't, there's the blacks, there's the whites, uh, the Afrikaners, and there's the colored. These are the the mixed uh, group, and then the Indians are the four predominant groups. And so, Eden Park was a predominantly colored township. There was a black township nearby. And then there was another township that was, that was just a mix, uh, Palm Ridge. It had blacks, coloreds, and Indians. And so our church was predominantly colored and, and, uh, and blacks, Africans. And uh, I just remember, and I'm just excited and stirred, like, folks, we're going to touch the world for Jesus Christ out of this church of probably 100 and change at the time. And you know what? Look what God's doing. There's colors, there's Africans, and God's going to bring in Indians. And people are like, yes, because there's Indians in Paul Bridge. We can get our head around that. And then I made the statement that caused everybody to go like, what's he talking about? I said, you know what? God can even reach white people. (laughs) Now, again, listen, it's not that there's not racism in South Africa, but it wasn't even racism. It was just like but there's no white people in Eden Park. There's no white people in Greenfield, and there's no white fielded, uh, white people in, in Palm Ridge. How, how is that going to happen? I mean, li- li- there were there were laughs, not encouraging laughs, and eye rolls. But we we had a revival, and the guy that was preaching for me, we were eating in another uh, part of. Uh, Johannesburg, and the hostess heard our American accents and came over, started asking us what we were all about, long and short, ended up praying with this girl. She was a white girl. At the end of the time, she said, can I come to the revival? I said, well, we're in Eden Park. She's, she's like, yeah, can I come? I said, not Eden Vale, like that's a safer place to go to. We're in Eden Park. Yeah, man of faith and power that I am. And she's like, that's all right. God will protect me. She knows where we're at. So she comes out that evening, brings uh, a friend of hers. That this is like, you know, remember Rocky Ford Drago, the tall, white, uh, blonde guy? The guy was like a, a, a doppelganger for him. Uh, you know, big, blonde-haired, uh, blue-eyed. Uh, Afrikaner guy. They stick out like sore thumbs. Uh, this girl is saved. Uh, the next Sunday night, uh, she brings her two sisters, her mom. Uh, she brings her Portuguese hairdresser, uh, Maria. Maria's son, Claudio. They roll up to our church. At that point, we only had a few cars in the parking lot. They're rolling up in Beamers, in Mercedes, uh, in Audis. Our guys are, and gals are like, I'm like, I told you God was going to bring white people. <laughs> Pick your chin up. Uh, Listen, they they breathe the same air. Their blood is the same color. Uh, Love them. Deal with them. Uh, At the altar call, uh, some of their hands went up. One of the the greatest things I've seen, man. (laughs) <clears throat> our, our people, man, they're disciples. Uh, and here's uh, uh, these African brothers and sisters, these color, they're dealing with them at the altar call. They're praying with them. Uh, they're contending. Uh, listen, it doesn't stop there. Uh, they had a Chinese lady at the boutique uh, that they bought uh, clothes from. She comes out hell and she gets saved. Uh, uh, they bring uh, a number of other people. Uh, uh, Megan's uh, co-worker uh, uh, Yishvir, was an Indian Hindu guy. Guy, he comes out. I actually tried to drive that guy away. I'm like, he's only coming because of you, Meg. And I, I don't believe he's safe. He is still a council member in the Eden Park Church today. You know, on top of that, God began to bring in people from various African nations near and far. Uh, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, uh, DRC, which is the Congo. Uh, You know, that makes sense. But we had a South African doctor that had studied in Cuba and spoke fluent Spanish. Uh, He got brought in. I'm thinking, man, maybe we're going to have Spanish interpretation. Uh, We had people from Cameroon uh, and uh, Eritrea, which is outside of Ethiopia. The takeaway is this. God can do whatever God wants to do. Ask of me, uh, are you asking? Uh, or uh, so many times, no, we, this is how God moves, uh, this is how God rolls but it's not by magic wand uh, or alarm clock, as Pastor Greg says. Uh, Well, it's just this magic moment or the clock, God, you haven't been having it now. No, I was, I'm telling you the truth. I was praying, I was preaching this uh, and I began to say, Oh God uh, of Wayman Mitchell. uh, Oh God of Mark Olson. uh, Oh God of Greg Mitchell. God, you've moved from my fathers in the faith. Uh, I did not come here uh, to the other side of the world. Uh, the, The marching orders, my dad gave me he said don't just go uh, and uh, play around start a movement uh, and I can tell you uh, when we left four years later sitting on the tarmac uh, that I'm looking out and I had uh, the joy of saying I did not waste any time uh, is that I gave it all and listen there's still our uh, people uh, and nations being touched uh, and so uh, even on behalf of the disciples uh, in the church uh, what, a, what a download they still reference that uh, that you know what uh, God God is a miracle-working God. And you know what? They're saying, oh, God of Chris Olsen, These are Zulu brothers. These are Kosa brothers. They look nothing like me. Their skin is way darker than me. But they say, you know what? I have an inheritance. I, have a, I saw Pastor Chris do this. I can do this. There's a reward in this lifetime. But there's also more to come in eternity. And furthermore, as I bring this down, is it's not just for us. I mean, I'm telling you, that, that's just good enough right there. But it's the reward that's passed, or the inheritance that's passed on. The blessing spreads to others. These women pressing in, right? They were able to pass on what they'd pressed in for to others. Again, several conferences ago, Pastor Greg in Prescott, referenced the fact that even though Pastor Mitchell had died and wasn't there physically, more than a half dozen men that preached from the stage had been personally discipled by him and they were preaching. And he made that powerful statement along the lines of, even though he's dead, his life still speaks. Well, where, where is he? Well, he, yeah, not, he's not there, but you know what? That spiritual DNA is passed on to the men that are passing it on to other men and other men and other couples. We just concluded the devout Conference a couple weeks ago. I had the opportunity and the privilege to, along with pa- Pastor Casey Mammon, go over there and minister in the conference. We have the Matas and the Hunkos that are here. And there was several highlights. You know, Davao has planted a handful of international works over the last 10 years, I think it is. But they've always been announced on Friday night. So uh, the Matas are here. They they were announced to Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken. That was the first international work from Davao into now other nations, going into other nations. Lands, the borders are expanding, the boundaries are expanding. But this time was the first time that they actually had their own international night on Thursday. They announced four works, number one out of Udantani, Thailand, Pastor Supop that we've prayed for. So stay with me, this is not like the textbook example of how someone goes into the ministry. But as I understand, and Pastor Hall can definitely correct me if I'm wrong, is that because of some legal uh, paperwork and stuff with the Thai government, they had to shut down shop there. And, and again, as I understand it's just going to shut the church down. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, it wasn't even Pastor Supop at the time. It was, he's not even saved three years. So, like, there's, this isn't protocol, but he appealed to Pastor Hall, said, would you give me a chance? See, Zelo's girl, that spirit lives on. So Pastor Hall and my dad, I said, you know what, it's not the te- this, is not, we're not, this is not the new pattern, but we'll roll the dice. And so he's been ministering, doing a good work up there, but he has a heart that, you know what, Nations beyond and right across the border to the north, there's Laos. And by the way, he speaks Lao. And so he got launched into this nation because he asked a question. Do you take a chance on me? Going into the Udantani church, you see, a man by the name of Benji Dio uh, Quino, thank you. And again, I mean, where have the halls not been? So he was saved in their work there in uh, uh, Bangkok and a number of our other missionaries had the the chance to pastor him, Pastor Ramon and Sheng are in uh, that church now. And so him and his new wife, they're going up to Udantani to take that church and so that was the second work that was launched and then the third work and I mean by this time we're just like whoa this is amazing a third work is announced and this is now the second church out of Davao into Malaysia I mean the place is going wild and then this is the highlight to me is a fourth work gets announced into Taiwan and the thing that was amazing is this is the first church that's a daughter church of Davao General Santos that now it's going to another generation and they're saying you know what, we're going to start touching uh, the nations. And Pastor Casey leaned over to me and he said, remember the vision that God gave your dad even before he went to the Philippines uh, of being on an island and fire spreading across to the mainland. The fire is spreading because you know what? Uh, Ask of me uh, and I'll give the nations as an inheritance. What are you asking for? I close right here. One of the pastors that's uh, sent out of the Tagum Church, he's now pastoring in a place called Mawab, is Pastor Marboy Del Campo. After the devout conference, he wrote me this email. He said, good day, Pastor Chris. No words can exactly express our thanks for the ministry entrusted by God through your family, particularly your father and mother, Pastor Mark and Sister Michelle. The word thank you is not enough for the investment, the sacrifice, the tears, and for all the labors that your family planted in the city of Davao that radically and continually changed the island of Mindanao. Here's the payoff pitch right here. Even though we were not in the first generation under your father's leadership at Davao, but still... We are so blessed because we have the vision that your father faithfully imparted to us. This is what God used to us as an effective reference in order to take the land for Jesus Christ. Just like what the late Wayman Mitchell said to keep the main thing, the main thing. May God continue give, continually give you more cutting edge so that we, the third generation, as well as the new generation, that will be able to minister with more cutting edge for God's glory. Pastor Marboy Del Campo. Let's give God the thanks right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed all over this place tonight.